0: This happened to me when I was around 15, in my sophomore year of high school. I played drums in band, was on the track team, and I took the weights class, so I'd like to think that I was a semi-popular and fit guy. I had a lot of friends and quite a few girls that had crushes on me, so I never really had a dull moment. I also tended to stay out late with my friends we never really did anything that would get us in legal trouble, but I think we pushed our limits at times. This situation occurred one weekend when I went to my friend Dylan's birthday party. At our age, we just wanted to hang out with our friends, whereas some of our moms still thought we were kids and wanted to have a full blown party with games and stuff. Thankfully, Dylan was able to come to an agreement with his mom. He had a party with a few friends and a few family members, but then we had an extra few hours after cake and ice cream to chill. When I got there, I saw a few older people, his aunt and uncle, and I cringed, thinking we were going to do weird pin-the-tail or pinata games. That's when he explained to me that I was one of the few he invited over earlier during the family part of the party. After a few hours, though, that's when more of our friends started showing up. His house was huge, at least to my younger self. He had two living rooms, which I thought was really cool, because they had their Xbox and Wii set up in the back living room, as well as a karaoke machine. His older sister thought she was going to be the next American Idol star, (laughs) so us kids got to be left alone while his parents and other family members stayed in the front. I had two siblings, me being the oldest, and we had a Wii that had to stay in the living room, but if someone was watching TV, then we couldn't play it or take it to my room, since I had a TV in there so with Dylan's family having a specific room to play in any time, I thought he was lucky. There were a few of us that showed up and stayed the whole time, that being me, Dylan, Cody, Jocelyn, Sydney, and her friend Ashlyn. We were taking turns playing games and watching Dylan change the wheels on his skateboard that he just got. The girls were talking to themselves quietly, but then would also talk to us briefly to make some kind of joke or ask a question. After a few, and us still being kids, we were starting to get bored, but we weren't ready to leave yet, so the girls decided we should play some kind of truth-or-dare style game. I don't remember exactly how they did it, but it was like a combination of charades, but we put different questions or dares in like a hat, but then had to pick a name first to do it so it was more randomized. Now, before I continue, I wanted to explain that me and Jocelyn dated very briefly. We hung out together, held hands, and made out, but that was it. We didn't really click, so we both decided that we worked better as friends and just called it off. Sydney was pretty cool. We had hung out before, but nothing too close, and Ashlyn, we just saw her in passing, really. We were in one class together and were partnered together, but we never talked outside of that. I didn't even have her number like I did the other two girls there. Anyways, we all agreed, being teens, thinking we would get to show off or something, and we all started writing our questions or dares. Of course, as it would turn out, one of the questions that would come up is if you had a crush on anyone, and Ashlyn got it. She said she did, and it was someone here, so... insert awkward giggling from everybody. Then I got a dare to kiss someone, and the name that I pulled was Ashlyn. I didn't think much of it, but she turned beet red and couldn't stop smiling and giggling. Finally... Sydney pushed her to get it over with, and we did the dare and moved on. From then, her color didn't really change, and I would catch her looking at me and smiling. I was a young kid, so I'd be lying if I said it didn't make me feel good about myself. I still didn't really know her, though, and what she was like, so I didn't have an attraction there. The night continued as such. Random, embarrassing facts learned, a few people had to kiss others and sing duets together, but it was an alright night. Later on, as everyone was leaving, Ashlyn gave me a quick hug, nearly knocking me back and ran out the door, saying something to Sydney. As I was about to leave, Dylan made a comment to me about Ashlyn liking me. He told me that Sydney specifically asked if I was going to be there, and if she could bring a friend but was told not to tell me. It was pretty obvious, so I went about my night knowing I probably just made hers. I thought to myself, if I got to know her, that she might be my type, and we maybe could actually hit it off. Nope. Cue the stalker vibes. Since Ashlyn was in the one class, she called me over when I walked in to have me sit by her, which was fine. She looked different, she was wearing makeup, a low cut shirt, and had straightened her hair. I will say that she had natural, really curly hair, like the girl from the movie Brave, which I loved and it looked great on her, so it was weird seeing it straight. She tried being very open and talkative, but she wasn't used to it, so it was a little awkward, but nothing too bad. She didn't make any moves or anything, though, but I think that was her still being too shy. I told her she looked nice, though, but it seemed to fluster her more. When class ended, she would go talk to Sydney and whisper and giggle as I walked by. Then... I started getting notes shoved in my locker through the vent. They would say different things from, You're cute, I want you, you plus me after school, just things like that. It was safe to assume who it was from. It was fine, even though there were multiples a day, every single day, but then it started going over when there was one taped to the front of my locker, People were passing by, laughing, and taking pictures, until I saw what it was. It was a picture of me at the track field with hearts and Love You Always written on it, like someone took a crappy picture of me on the field. It was a bit embarrassing, so I pulled it off, crumpled it, and tossed it in my locker. I ran late to the class with Ashlyn in it, so I ended up sitting in the front and not next to her. When class ended, she seemed to leave pretty quickly, but didn't act like her normal self. She stopped and talked to Sydney, and they just looked at me as I walked by. I was thinking, maybe she realized she went too far, so I felt no reason to say anything and carried on. That wouldn't stop, though. Not only did I continue to get notes, but... They got more aggressive, like, I miss you, when you avoid me it makes me sad, things like that. Then I started getting texts. I had limited texts and talk at the time, so if I went over too many or got close, my parents made sure to tell me. So at first when I got something saying, hey cutie, I was fine with it, I asked who it was and they said your secret admirer. I asked if it was the same person that sent the notes, and they said yes. They asked me if I liked them, and that's when I said the one on the outside was too much and kind of weird, and they apologized and said it wouldn't happen again, and I left it at that, thinking, hey, now we don't have to mention it in person and be weird about it. They started asking me more about me, and this would carry on for the next few weeks. I told them I was limited on time, so we could always hang out together instead, and they said this was easier for them, so I agreed, but still said that I was limited. That didn't stop the texts or even calls that I would get in the middle of class, while eating dinner with my family, at midnight when I was trying to sleep. When they did call, I answered a few times, but they just sat there silently. It was just weird, but also frustrating because I didn't expect this from Ashlyn, or at least she didn't seem the clingy type. But as time went on, the calls and texts continued, and I even started getting pictures of myself again, on the track field, with risque text. At one point, I had to pair up for another project in class, and the girl that I was paired with was sent a threatening letter about staying away from their man, or else she would get hurt. She asked to be paired with someone else, and then I had to have a meeting with the teacher asking who I was with, because it was going to be a problem, and she had a hard time believing me and explained the note to me. I was already getting annoyed, My parents got on to me about my phone time. The notes and guilt trips from someone I wasn't even dating were getting old. And now, she's threatening people and saying that we're together. All this, and she won't even hardly talk to me outside of class. Why would you pretend to be my girlfriend then? So, I decided to confront her about it. I went to the class that we were both in walked past her desk as she motioned for me, smiling. I just looked past her and sat elsewhere. I looked over at her once when she wasn't, and she looked nervous. Then, when class ended, I approached her and as she started saying something, I cut her off and told her to knock it off. I said something along the lines of, I don't know how you got my number, but lose it. You are insane, and way too dramatic and clingy you are not the person I thought you were and I am not interested and never will be interested in you so leave me alone I was really, really mean and to this day I still feel bad about it she again turned red and I could see the tears in her eyes as she ran down the hall she went right past Sydney who I could tell was pissed at me and ran after her I went through the rest of the day not hearing or seeing her, but I felt horrible. I tried to contact her at the number that texted me, but I didn't get a response. I tried texting Sydney, and she actually demanded that we talk about it, so I called her. I started telling her about everything, and she seemed so dumbfounded by it all, like she had never heard about any of this. Being such good friends with her? It was hard to believe. However, she explained to me that she asked Ashlyn on several occasions if she wanted my number, but she always said no, because she wanted to get it from me. Then, how did she get my number? I told her about the notes, and she said that she knew she sent one, but it just had her number on it, and she had taped it on the outside, but I never got that one. She said she remembered the one of me taped on the outside and she had talked to Ashlyn about it because she was upset thinking I was seeing someone, and that thought started to solidify since I didn't sit by her that day and going forward. As we talked more, the things I told her about, she swore Ashlyn did not do or wouldn't do. So then, I argued who else would do that then and we had no idea. That's when Sydney got a call from Ashlyn, so she said she would call me back. She did tell Ashlyn she wanted to hang out with her that day to talk about things, but that she wanted me to be there too to figure things out. I was hesitant, but I agreed. She lived a few blocks over, so I just walked over there and Ashlyn ended up getting dropped off there. I stayed out back playing with her little brother while they talked, and then she came and got me. I was glad that Sydney was so quick on things, because that prompt meetup really cleared things up. Ashlyn told Sydney what had happened, and then she came and got me, and Ashlyn looked horrified that I was there. Before she could take off, though, Sydney stopped her and explained to her what was happening. I helped explain the details and confirmed it all by the look on her face. It told me that none of this was her, yet she was still apologizing. I should have been the one apologizing because I had gone off on her, and thankfully she accepted and understood. The mystery was still there, though. Who the hell was behind this? That's when Sydney explained why she'd had her come over. Ashlyn had gotten a threatening text saying to stay away from me, or that she would get beat, too. However, this person was dumb enough to use the same number they were texting me from, pretending to be Ashlyn. So who was it? Sid grabbed their home phone and started calling the number. A guy answered the phone at first, but Sidney, being the genius she is, told them, Yeah, I missed a call from this number, but I don't know who this is. I go to the name of our high school. Then, the guy that answered yelled, Jocelyn, someone from school's on the phone? And that's when we heard shuffling and then the call was disconnected. Then, it all started to make sense. At least, some. It was my friend Jocelyn. She was pretending to be Ashlyn, semi stalking me at the field and in my class. Which would make sense, since she was in the class where I was paired up with the girl that changed partners. She probably took the note off my locker with Ashlyn's number, getting hers, and then writing all the other ones. Making Ashlyn look crazy. To do what? Drive me away from her, I guess? Sydney didn't really know much about Jocelyn, but left me to confront her instead, and I again apologized to both of them. They told me to stay and hang out, but I was feeling guilty and awkward, so I left. I wanted to take care of things with Jocelyn anyway. I got home and I called her number that I had saved, and learned that it had been disconnected. So, it would seem to me that she got a new number and decided to use that to her advantage. It wasn't all that interesting when she was confronted, though. It was before school started, While we were waiting for class to start, words were said, and I think I sufficiently embarrassed her too. We don't talk anymore, but she did start dating one of my friends, which, more power to them, I suppose, keeps her occupied. But me and Ashlyn, we turned out fine. We started hanging out more and actually started dating too. She teases me about it all the time, but... I was just glad to move past it. And if I never have a weird stalker or crush again, it would be too soon. (laughs) I went to a university out of state, mainly due to the scholarship that I got and pressure from my parents to choose this school due to said scholarship. Since it was out of state, that meant dorm living, and that also means that you will have a roommate. I was typically shy at first with people until I got to know you, and then I could be very outgoing, so... It was awkward when I first moved in and didn't know the other girl I would be living with, for several months to maybe even years. I lived with one girl for the first semester, but she ended up dropping out, so I had the place to myself over the holiday break. Then a girl was being moved in with me. She was far more outgoing than I was, but to my surprise, she was typically very respectful to me and my stuff. I always thought back to the movies with the quiet girl being roomed with the popular party girl, and how they would always be mean and tease the girl, but that was far from it, actually. I offered to help her with stuff, and she offered to go get us dinner that night, too. We just sat and talked about classes, our pet peeves, and set boundaries that we both really agreed with. I actually felt pretty good about this one, The last girl and I seemed to just coexist in this room, but I really did get along with Mackenzie. As the months went on, she would go out and party. She asked me a few times if I wanted to go, but I always declined, so she started just telling me where she was going in case I wanted to show up as well. Sometimes she would come back drunk, but she was never obnoxious either. If I was awake, watching a movie, studying or something, she'd come in a little louder at first, ask how I was, and she liked to be hands-on, too. Hugging me, petting or brushing my hair with her hands, or occasionally groped me or something. I knew this was just who she was, so I never thought anything of it. After a while... I would help her climb into bed, because she slept on the top bunk so she didn't fall off, and then she spouted about how I was the best roommate ever, the normal mushy stuff. If I was already asleep, she would come in giggly and, no joke, would go, shush, Mac, she's sleeping, and start giggling like a child. If I wasn't fully asleep, I would always start laughing, too, because it genuinely cracked me up. Then she would try to lay in my bed with me, which was fine. Like I said, when she gets blitzed and hits a bed or floor, she is out, and there is no waking her. So, yeah, I would say we got along pretty well. Towards the end of the year, though, I would really start to hunker down and study a lot, My friends I had there got annoyed by it, and one of them had actually said something to the effect of, you let me know when you want to talk to me again. In the nicest, most passive way possible, I guess. Some would study with me, but they would get too distracted, so I preferred to work alone. I was also one of those people where if our professor gave us the cheat index card... I was making a list and writing every little thing I felt was needed on that card, so that it was perfect. Mac did her best to leave me alone, too. She definitely was not much of a study person until maybe the weekend before, but she did also ask for help on some of the Gen Ed classes. Surprisingly, though, when it came to schoolwork, she was serious about it, She wanted to understand it, and wanted to make sure she could do it without help. Maybe that's why she didn't worry about studying as much, because when we studied together throughout the year, it all stuck for her. Anyways, as I mentioned, I usually stayed to myself, and probably stressed myself out more than what was needed. On one night while I was studying... Mac was just about to go out for a dinner party with a few of her friends. I teased her because I knew she had class the next morning and that, with her record, she would be home late. She agreed, but said that she would be fine and that it was probably best for her to not be home while I was studying. So I agreed, and I bid her a safe night. I ended up staying up later than I was anticipating so I packed up my stuff and crashed pretty quick. At least two hours later, Mac had come home. I typically put the TV sleep timer on for two hours, and it was already off. I was facing toward the wall, but her shutting the door woke me up. She usually let it close softly if she knew I was asleep, but this time, she let it close on its own, which made a loud clicking sound, which is what woke me up. I opened my eyes and lifted my head, but immediately laid it back down and pulled the blanket up more. As I started to drift back to sleep, I felt like I was being watched and assumed it was probably just Max standing by my bed. Expecting her to probably try and lay down next to me, I ignored it. That's when I felt pressure on the edge of my bed, like someone was sitting on it and then I started being groped on my butt and hip. Again, Mac played around like that, especially when she was drunk, so I let out one of those large sighs, but still being nice, I chuckled softly, and said something like, not tonight Mac, I've got that final tomorrow, unless you need help with something. That's when the hand moved away, and not a word was said. I felt bad at first, thinking maybe I may have upset her, so I told myself to apologize in the morning. Then I heard her climb up on her bunk and sighed really loud. That was the last thing I remembered until I woke up the next morning to a thud and the door being slammed shut. It was still a little dark out and the lights were off, so I couldn't see much, but my first thought was that Mac realized she was running late and rushed off really quick. I laid in my bed for a little while longer since my alarm hadn't gone off. My class was around noon, so I wanted to sleep in a bit longer before I got up to take a shower. After I got up and showered, I went back to our dorm to get ready to go, and was surprised to see Mac in there pulling off her blanket. I made a comment about her being home when she had her final, when she cut me off quickly, saying... They had to reschedule it due to some kind of electrical issue on campus, but hey, why is my bed wet? I was confused by this, what was going on with campus, but also, why would I know why her bed was wet? She's the one that slept in it, so I said, I don't know, Mac, was it wet when you came home or when you woke up? She was about to smell the sheets when she looked up at me, and the color drained from her face, and she said, What do you mean? So, again, thinking maybe she was hungover, I explained how she came home, what she did to me, and then went to her bed. So, I asked again if she took a drink to bed, did she get sick, or maybe have an accident? At this point, she looked terrified. Then I asked her what was wrong. Rachel, I didn't come home last night. Someone definitely came into our room that night. They touched me and slept in her bed, and... God knows what else they did. We were both immediately curious, because... In order to get in here... You would need the key to our room, unless it was already unlocked or picked. But... In order to get into the dorm building you have to have a female's student ID badge to scan, or be part of the staff. The male student's badges don't even work on ours and vice versa, so we figured it must have been another female student. Mac didn't remember if she'd locked the door that night, and I didn't check it. If we were home, we didn't often lock it anyways, so it wasn't that big of a deal. The problem we did have was if any of our stuff was stolen first. After looking around at our belongings and valuables and not seeing anything missing, I then helped Mac replace her bedding after determining that her bed was wet because the stranger had peed in the bed. Great. At this point, though, Mac is now pissed and wants to report it, so after cleaning up, we went to the campus security to report the break-in. As we started telling the guy what had happened, his face again went from annoyed that he was dealing with girl drama, to this just got serious, when we mentioned that someone had peed in her bed. He then wanted us to explain everything in detail, which is where I came in. I had to explain everything that happened that night, down to the random groping and why it didn't immediately alarm me. Thankfully, Max said what I was too shy to say. She asked what the hell was going on, and he explained that someone else had reported their bed being wet too, and he chalked it up to them just not remembering or a friend playing a prank. However, this was reported in the men's dorm rooms. He also recalled a student reporting her ID missing earlier that week. He told us to keep an eye on our badges, and to make sure we lock our doors, even if we're home, and then had us go back. We walked back confused and tried to work it out in our head. Was it a guy then? Did they find and use the missing badge, or steal it? Was it just coincidental that it happened in the men's dorm room too? I got a call that my final was being rescheduled as well due to the electrical issues, so we stayed home all that day just thinking about it. Our finals that day were rescheduled for that Saturday morning, that way it didn't bleed into another week. That meant that both of us were up early. Before we started our finals, we were asked to go to campus security. When we got there... There were two other girls and a guy there with the officer that took our report. They asked us to go over the information again, and as each one of us talked, the others would nod and agree that the same thing happened in their dorm as well. There ended up being another report of someone peeing the bed, and then another girl saw a guy trying to look into the window of one of the dorm rooms, and he took off when he noticed her. At this point... Security checked the cameras based on some of the times we gave, and saw a guy in a dark hoodie swipe a badge, and then enter the dorm. Then, on the morning that I mentioned hearing him take off, they saw him leave, but they forgot about their hood, leaving their face open to the camera. Security asked us if we recognized the guy, because he looked too old to be a student, and he didn't recognize it as a staff member. None of us did, though. At this point, getting confirmation of some strange man being in our dorm and groping me has me freaking engrossed out. They ended up having a police officer patrolling the dorm areas after dark, which did make me feel a bit better, but this guy was still out there somewhere, and we had no idea where he came from. Thankfully, our dean took this very seriously, and actually started calling in students in groups to ask them if they recognized the person, and finally, someone did. They had said they saw him working on the fields, like planting flowers or working on the sprinklers, maybe, but they hadn't seen him in some time. Lucky for me, I knew the dean's assistant, and they kept me updated from there. She had to look up anyone that had contracted to do work on the fields and the lawn, and then ask them about an employee matching that description. But none of them ever turned out. We don't know if the guy just pretended to be working for them to get onto the campus, or maybe they quit soon after they started doing this, or whatever the case may be. Because I was technically assaulted They told me they would keep me informed if they ever found the guy so I could press charges too, but so far nothing. I've since graduated and transferred to another school, and Mackenzie actually followed, and we now have our own apartment, where we hold on to our keys tightly and always lock our doors. But, to the random guy that peed in our beds and groped me... I would really rather that we never meet again. I was a senior going to a pretty well-respected community college near my hometown. One of my classes was an intensive public speaking course with a professor that I adored. At the start of the semester, in this class, nothing was out of the ordinary. My classmates and I either all got along, or kept to ourselves. We were adults, after all. This was my last class of the day, so I would often have up to an hour to kill beforehand, and would always look for quiet, comfy nooks to either study, work on assignments, or watch YouTube. One day, I was working on a paper in a nook near my public speaking class, when I noticed this guy from said class standing at the entrance to the little lobby, staring at me. I just ignored it because I was busy. He walked over and stood above me, staring until I acknowledged him with a, Hi. He proceeded to take a seat near me, and start asking me really mundane questions about the weather and our class. I humored him, but eventually said I was trying to work on a paper, and would like to be left alone. He just went silent and sat, watching me until it was time for our class. He walked with me, despite me not making eye contact, or engaging with him in any way. Our classroom was set up in a way, where each row has one solid desk on a big step, each one higher than the one in front, like stairs. I'm sorry, I don't know what it's called, and I'm sure there is a name for it. This guy sat below me, so when I noticed he had turned around in his seat to stare at me, a lot of other people did too. It was very obvious. I chose to ignore this behavior at first, but I started to notice him everywhere. The campus wasn't huge, but it certainly had enough tiny study spaces and nooks that a person could easily hide away from others. That was the whole point of the study nooks. Still, he would always be around, no matter where I went just watching me. The incident that first made me report him was, on a presentation day for our class... He found me in a computer lab where I sat with a couple of friends, but was, unfortunately, not sitting between any of them. So, this guy, who I'll call Noah from now on, walked up next to me, making sure his crotch was close to my face, and asked me if I was ready to give my speech. I said yes, and I'm trying to work on last-minute changes to the outline, He then pulled a leather belt out of his backpack and, scooting a tad closer to me, started putting his belt on, saying, Look, I got a new belt for the speech. When I just nodded and went back to working on my outline, he said, Watch this, and scooted so close that my ear brushed his pants when I turned my head. I was mortified and I instinctively scooted my chair away, which made my friends look over at what was going on. One of them asked me what was up, and I told them nothing. Noah eventually walked away after getting his belt on, and then I told everyone what happened. My friend Nicole told me to report him after I explained his other behavior, and after class that day, I did. I went to the student advocate and I told her everything that happened, that I was uncomfortable, and then asked what I could do. She told me, You know, I think he may be on the spectrum, or just socially awkward. Have you tried getting to know him? I told her that I didn't want to get to know him, and that I shouldn't have to befriend people who make me uncomfortable, even if they are on the spectrum or socially awkward. She said she would take what I said into consideration, and only to come back if he did anything actually worth reporting, since sticking your junk in someone's face is apparently not any form of harassment. So, Noah kept following me, appearing wherever I was. Sometimes he would try to talk to me, sometimes he would just watch me. He followed me through the parking lot to my car one time. He stared at me in class. He tried talking to people he knew were my friends to try to get involved in conversations with me when they were hanging out with me. After class one day, I decided to go to the McDonald's near campus to grab dinner on my way home for the day. I decided to go inside, because I used to have a thing about drive-thrus for some reason. As I was waiting for my food... The girl who took my order came up to the counter and called me over. She asked, Do you know that guy? I turned to my right, and Noah had pulled his car up next to the glass wall, where the drive through line was supposed to be, except there are no cars in front of him and he's 50 feet behind the menu and speaker, staring at me. As soon as I made eye contact with him, He backed his car up and began pulling into the parking space to the left of my car. My stomach dropped. Now he had followed me off of campus. My face must have went pale because the girl looked concerned, and I told her exactly what was happening. That Noah was stalking me on campus, and now he was here. This girl, honestly, my hero, said, Okay, I'm going to rush your order. If you feel unsafe and he starts heading in here, I'll hide you in the back and call the police. Just as she got my food to the counter, Noah got out of his car and started walking toward the entrance. I told the girl that I was just going to put my head down and rush past him, get in my car, and get out of here. She told me to be safe. I walked with purpose out of the McDonald's, walking straight past Noah. He started trying to talk to me and follow me to my car, so I ran, got in, locked the doors, and pulled out. I looked in my mirrors the entire way home, scanning, scared that I would see his car behind me. Luckily, he didn't follow me home. The next day, I told my friend Nicole what had happened, and then I wasn't sure if I could report it because of what the student advocate had said. She was appalled, and said that she would go with me to report. We sat down. I told the student advocate everything that had happened since the last time I reported it. Her response was that I was overreacting, and that she would document my report, but wouldn't grant me a campus restraining order against him. She left me with, If he does something to you, touches you, hurts you, Then we can investigate and get the police involved for a restraining order. Nicole and I were angry and I felt so defeated. We went to talk to our mutual friend Amanda about it and found out he was being creepy to her as well. To the point that he had followed her to her car and wouldn't let her leave until she talked to him. I guess when he wasn't following me around, he was following her. She said that she hadn't reported it because she didn't think anyone would take her seriously. She also said she had another friend of hers that was stalked by him for a few months the previous semester, to the point that her friend had dropped the class that they had together to throw off his knowledge of her schedule, because the student advocate wouldn't help her, either. The next day, all three of us, Nicole, Amanda, and I, Went to the student advocate to show that he was doing this to more than one person and that he had actually kept Amanda from leaving. The student advocate finally decided to start an investigation. Unfortunately, all of us were graduating soon by that point and we never saw the outcome of said investigation. The OP added an edit. I did try to talk to campus police at first and the officer I spoke to told me that the process for my type of situation was to talk to the student advocate first, who would then determine if it was worth filing a report and taking action. The investigation involved the student advocate talking to my professor and to Noah himself, and it didn't involve the police whatsoever, though I wish that it had. So I've worked in a couple hotels in the past, mainly at the front desk dealing directly with guests. I must say that I loved working the graveyard shifts. You never know what kind of interesting situations you might encounter. It always seemed fun, especially during the holidays. That day, we were full. No more check-ins for me, so it was going to be a light night. I always had an accountant and a security guard in the lobby during my shift, but since it was a calm night, the accountant went to find a place to nap after he was done, and I honestly don't know where the guard was. They thought since there was no more check-ins, I should be fine. I was going through the log from the last shift, and I found a sticky note with my name, and it also said, Beware 305. No details or anything. I was looking at the monitor with the cameras and clicked on the screen that showed the hallway where room 305 was. I left it there while I finished my work. At around 3, I was still alone and from the corner of my eye, I saw movement on the monitor. It was a guy. He seemed pretty regular, not creepy at all. He got closer to the front desk and requested his room to be cleaned. We didn't offer 24-7 housekeeping, so I informed him of that. Then you come clean. I sleep all day and want my cleaning done during the night. I told him very politely that I couldn't do that, and before I could keep explaining, he asked me for my Zodiac sign. I answered a bit confused. All of a sudden, he changes the subject. He was now talking about how he was a warrior in one of his past lives, and that in this life he comes from a long line of warriors. He kept changing the subject every two minutes, and I couldn't keep up. And then suddenly, so should we start heading up to my room? Again, I explained. He started getting this weird look on his face, like frustration. He just turned around and walked up to his room. 20 minutes later, I saw him on the monitor coming down again. This time he took the stairs and stopped before turning into the lobby. He was standing there watching me through a pillar. I was standing in front of the monitor, so it may have looked like I was just working. He then started looking around almost like he was checking if there was any way to get closer without me knowing. I started to get a bit freaked out. It literally looked like he was stalking me. He went up one flight of stairs and then got in the elevator down to the lobby. I imagine he did not know that I had access to the cameras. He came closer to the front desk again and requested a tray with waters, tea, and milk. I called the kitchen to place the order, and I let him know that it would be taken up. He asked again what time I was going to go clean, and I just told him at 7am, when housekeeping arrives. I started trying to locate the guard. At this point, I was getting concerned for my safety. This guy was starting to act a bit erratic. Before he turns to leave... He gave me an expecting look, opening his eyes wide. I have like 20 types of drugs in my system right now. That's why I'm awake and I sleep all day. My mind is going a thousand miles per hour right now. I didn't know how to answer, honestly, so I asked him if he needed medical assistance. He laughed and asked if I wanted to join him for tea. I declined and he left for his room once again. After room service delivered the tea, the waiter went by the front desk. Hey, so, we need security to be here with you. The guy in 305 just asked me if he could use our stairs to get to the front desk without being seen, but first he offered me money to convince you to go to his room. I was freaked out for sure, but since another person knew of the situation, it gave me a sense of... Safety, I guess. The waiter left me to try to go look for the security guard. At 5am, the guest comes out of his room again. This time he's headed for the maintenance stairs. I didn't have access to the cameras there, but I knew he couldn't get close to me without me seeing him, so I didn't feel in any danger, really. The waiter showed up, and told me that one of the security guards caught the guest trying to get to the front desk. The guest kept repeating that it was my idea, and that I had been trying to go to his room all night, and that I told him to go through those stairs. The guard made a report about the incident, and added what the guest said about me, so it became a bit of a big deal with upper management, because it was made to look like the guest was right, Turned out, while they were investigating the situation, some of the female staff claimed that he tried to get them into his room under any pretext. But, since the attempts were really obvious, and he seemed out of it, they would just go in group or send a male co-worker. We've had creeps in the past, but this guy took the prize. The guard that was supposed to be with me fell asleep in the bathroom, and was suspended for that. The accountant was reprimanded for leaving me alone, and they were horrible to work with after that because they claimed it was my fault. Management tended to always be on the guest's side for any type of situation, so no one thought of reporting this guest. They would have fired me for what he said had it not been for the waiter speaking up. Edit It was usual for the staff to not report suspicious activity because that brings negative attention to the hotel. The best we could do was be cautious and just warn each other about creepy guests. Being followed home is not uncommon where I'm from and it's sadly not rare either. Men will see you walk at night, or even day sometimes, and catcall to get your attention. No matter how often it happens, it's not something you can get used to, and it's scary to be in that situation. This night, I was with my ex walking him home. He was a horrible boyfriend, and he got extremely drunk, forcing me to walk him home and make sure he goes inside. I asked him to call a taxi for me because my phone was dead, and he agreed and went inside. I stood outside of his apartment waiting, but as time went by, I realized the taxi was probably not coming. At the time, I thought that they had forgotten to send a car, but now I realize that my ex probably didn't even call, he just passed out. It was December, and it was extremely cold outside. I was angry at my ex for getting drunk, angry at the taxi company for forgetting to send a car, angry at everything and everybody. It was almost midnight, and if you read my previous experiences, you'll understand why I didn't want to walk home even though it was a 15-minute walk. As I'm waiting... I see a Jeep park a little further away from me. The guy gets out of the car and leans on it, just staring at me. After a couple of minutes, I realize that he's waiting on me to approach him, and if I don't, he will be the one to make the move. I panic and start thinking about what to do. I have two options. One is to walk home and risk him coming on to my street, which is dark and a great place to hurt someone. A 15 minute walk is plenty of time to get hurt. Or, my second option, is to walk to my grandma's house, which is 5 minutes away, but the whole street to her is dark and pretty much empty. She lives on a street that is mostly stores and offices. She refused to sell her house when the other people did, so there aren't many houses around her. I couldn't go into my ex's apartment because I had to be buzzed in, and it was midnight. I decided to go to my grandma's and quickly started to walk. The guy, of course, gets into his car and starts driving behind me. I pretend that I'm on a call in hopes that he wouldn't do anything if I was on the phone with someone. As soon as I see my grandma's house... I start running and quickly go into her yard. Everyone is asleep, so my best bet is to ring the bell because I don't have a key and just hope that someone might be awake. Thankfully, my uncle is. I tell him someone's following me. He drives the Jeep, and I'm scared that he might hurt me. My uncle does not hesitate. He runs out into the cold December night in his shorts and a t-shirt, and sees the guy, he yells to me, "Is this him?" The guy sees this and pretends he's on the phone, and gets into his car and drives away. My uncle calls a taxi for me and waits until the taxi gets there. I thought that would be it as soon as I got into the taxi, I felt safe. I tell the driver my address, and as soon as he turns, we see the car. He's then trying to follow the taxi. At this point, I have absolutely no clue what his intentions are. Is he armed? Does he want to hurt me because I got my uncle on him? I start crying and quickly explain to the driver what's going on. He was an older gentleman, and I felt like he's been waiting on this moment his whole life. He told me not to worry and that he will lose him, and he won't allow for the guy to see where I live. He did lose him, mostly because the jeep guy gave up and just left, but the taxi driver got to feel like a hero, and I got to get home safely. Sorry if my spelling is off, I'm not the best writer and I'm doing this on my phone. Something that is creepy about this story is that it just happened during Halloween about a month ago. By the way, this story needs to be told in two different points of view for it to make sense, so it might be a little long. My 14-year-old thinks he's too old to trick-or-treat at 14 now, so he invited a friend this year to hand out candy and watch football on our porch. I also have toddlers with me, so my wife took them around the neighborhood. Before we left, we told the boys simple rules. One, two pieces of candy for each person. Two, don't talk to strangers too much, just say, hey, how are you doing, or something. And three, no matter what, do not let anyone in the house, period. So... Me and my wife and younger kids walk down the hill to start at the front of the neighborhood and go up. We meet some nice families, but we just had the kids say trick or treat and then go to the next house. We were walking and talking with our kids when a tall man with a creepy pig mask came up to us. He stopped and looked at us. He looked to be in his late 40s. He was by himself. No kids, no friends. I thought it was weird, but I guessed that he really liked candy. And then he says to us, go Braves. By the way, we live in Atlanta and the Braves were in the World Series at the time. We said go Braves even though we're Astros fans, but just trying to be friendly. He then goes up to my three-year-old and says... If you want the Braves to win, you should give me your candy. I thought that was weird, but we just laughed and left him alone. And Then we got back. The boys were yelling at the game. They had eaten a lot of candy, and we asked if they had fun, and they said yes they did. Then I asked if they saw a creepy man in a pig mask, and they said yes and told us this. I told my son to text me his side of the story for the next part. Since I'm too old for trick-or-treating, I invited a friend over to watch football and hand out slash eat all the candy for Halloween. For the story, I'll call my friend G. G came over and we were having fun, watching football, handing out candy, some people that we knew would come by and we would say hi. Then... We heard a man humming, and we saw him come around the corner. He was wearing a creepy pig mask in all black. We could only see his ears and hands. He came up and mumbled something to us. After asking him to repeat himself multiple times, we figured out what he was saying. Who's winning the game? We replied saying, Saints. Saints. We handed him two pieces of candy, and he said more. I ignored him at first, and then he said loudly, more. So we said okay, and gave him three more pieces. After he was walking off the porch, he said, go Braves. We didn't respond because I'm an Astro fan, and then I got the guts to yell, Astros and Six. He turned around and looked at us, Then he grabbed something out of his pocket. It was a knife, and I could tell it was real. He was just staring at us and walked away. We were creeped out, but he didn't come back. So, creepy dude that lives in my neighborhood with the pig mask, let's not meet again. And by the way, just to add to this, when he was talking to me and my wife, we did see a knife in his pocket. Okay, so this happened to me when I was 18 or 19. I'm female and was in a college town in the south. I had a terrible college experience in general, but this just added to the shitshow that was my first year. To set the scene, I lived in a suite building with a parking garage attached to it. There were probably four to five levels to the garage, The top level of this parking garage was ground level. The suite building was maybe a five-minute walk down a sidewalk to the entrance of the suites. There was a little room with windows that housed the elevator close to the sidewalk. My boyfriend at the time lived off campus, and I hated being on campus so much, for reasons I will not go into right now, then I spent a lot of time at his house in a neighboring town. I had an 8am class, so I would usually go back to my suite at some point in the night or early morning. One night, I got back around 2am. The parking garage was pretty full this night, and I had to park at the end furthest from the building, closer to the ramp that went to the lower level. I'm terrified of being inside of parking garages, so I always parked on top. It was pretty dark, and I usually would call my sister or my boyfriend if I was ever spooked, but this night was normal, and I didn't feel the need to bother anyone so late. I was almost to the sidewalk when I noticed someone in the little room where the elevator was. They'd been behind a wall, but I saw them emerge. He had not just come out of the elevator, as I would have seen the doors open through the windows. I didn't get a great look at the person, but I could tell that it was a middle-aged man, and I found it odd that he was on campus so late, as all of the people living in the building were young and mainly freshmen. I tried my best to just ignore the person and continue on my way, but as I reached the sidewalk, about 20 feet from the little room, he came out and started walking behind me. I tried to be rational and not freak, but the further I walked, the more I realized he was getting closer to me. There was one of those posts where you could hit a button for campus police, but something inside of me told me that I had to not let him know that I knew he was there, and that he was scaring me. In a few seconds' time, I had to make a decision. I just started sprinting down the sidewalk. I immediately heard him pick up his speed and start running as well. He was chasing me. There were three entrances to the building, and I usually used the furthest one because my room was on the far side of the building, but as soon as I got to the first entrance... I quickly swiped my card and entered and slammed the door shut behind me. He was right there on the other side of that door. He made eye contact for a second or two and then ran the other way and away from view. I was so freaking scared. And to this day, I wonder what his intentions were. It's probably for the best that I didn't find out. The next morning, I woke up to an email about a strange man that had been spotted on campus. It still gives me the creeps when I think about it. She appeared in March. The strange girl wrote on my Instagram. She simply asked strange questions, and for a long time, didn't touch on any other main topic. But then she began to ask about me and my man, if I trust him, where he's from, and stuff like that. Perhaps it was our mistake to answer her, and she should be ignored. Within a few days, she received some information from us, and very successfully set everything up for herself. She said that my man talked to her a year ago, and broke her heart. He couldn't remember her, it was too long ago. It turned out that they really communicated some time ago, but the communication stopped, because he deleted his profile in the social networks where they communicated, and nothing serious could have happened. I mean, what could have happened in a couple of weeks of chatting online? She'd decided for herself something that just didn't exist. She didn't even know him as a person, but managed to accuse him of everything that was possible. She waited for a year and said that she was struggling with her internal problems, but in the end, she decided that she needed to give us some nerves. Somehow, she found me. But as we later found out, He mentioned me in a conversation with her, and she remembered it. As she said, she wrote to many people while looking for me. The scale of her quest and her tenacity are surprising. She couldn't say what she wanted from us. She invented some ridiculous stories, introduced herself as different people. At the very beginning, she said that it wasn't her, but her sister who communicated with him and only after a long time and hysterics, the story became a little more understandable. She turned out to just be offended in an unbalanced girl with her dissatisfaction, and decided to ruin the lives of people she didn't even know. She called me, through tantrums, threatened me, and at first it was frightening. Everything went in, including threats to life, and... Now we know that she will never go beyond words. We still don't know who she is, in fact, how she looks, and we even doubt her name. She created different accounts, we've never seen her. We know that she has a mental disorder and that she's now in a relationship, but this isn't preventing her from communicating with us. During this half a year, she either disappeared or reappeared. At first, she threatened us, and then said that she just wanted to communicate with me. Periodically, her anger poured out on me, as she said, for the fact that I took the side of my man in this situation. Not so long ago, she appeared again and agreed that we should meet, because I want to know who she is and to try to understand her. But, most likely, she'll just cancel again as all my attempts to see her have been unsuccessful. That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast. Thank you so very much for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed these scary stories. If you want to support the channel further, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel. Just search As the Raven Dreams on YouTube and subscribing. You can also join the channel or go to my Patreon for early access to all of my content. All of it's appreciated and never expected. But if it happens, thank you. All that said, friends, I will see you on the next episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast. But of course, until then, sleep well.